It was anything but new. In fact, their behavior was something that people had seen and witnessed for years. Arrogant, prideful, rebellious, oftentimes apathetic. The type of behavior that from anybody else looking from an objective point of view, looking from the outside in, would look and say, that behavior might for a time be dealt with patiently, but eventually everybody knows what's going to happen. Everybody knows what's coming. Punishment of some sort, right? At some point, that person, because of that behavior, they're going to get their comeuppance. It's only a matter of time. You ever had that experience? Watching from the outside and, and, and have someone with, with that type of behavior, right? Who, who seem to, to enjoy and relish going against the rules, uh, being rebellious, perhaps at times apathetic for the responsibilities they had been given, prideful, almost arrogant at times. And then one day, it happened. Right? They were, they were punished. They, they got their comeuppance. What would you say? Perhaps the, the prideful part of you would perhaps smirk. Go, well, it's about time. Or, I could have told you that was going to happen. I, could have, I saw that coming from a mile away with the way you were acting. Perhaps if they're close, you might have a twinge of sorrow. Because while they may have had it coming, it was still something that you saw hurt them. And a punishment that perhaps while they deserved is still something that you didn't relish in. And so there was some sorrow that went along with it. My guess is we've all experienced it in one way or another. Perhaps with people that we've interacted with at school. Perhaps with people that we interact with in our neighborhood or at work. Right? We can think of, of that type of behavior that we've witnessed and even maybe our own reaction to it. You might have a, a little bit of an idea then of what Isaiah is talking about. Isaiah is a, 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 was a man who was called by God to a ministry that was incredibly difficult. He was called by God to, to serve a, a people whom God had chosen as his very own. And it seemed as though the Israelites, at every chance they could, rebelled against God, were apathetic in their relationship with him, were prideful, arrogant, Things that you and I would look at from a distance and say, at some point, while they may be dealt with patiently now, some, at some point, that's all going to come back and bite them in the butt. And Isaiah was the one God had told and had called to tell the Israelites, that time is coming. And it's coming really soon. So you can imagine Isaiah doesn't have the, the very enjoyable job of, of having to tell people about God's law and, and, and how that law convicted them of their sin. He, he told them about how the Assyrian army, which was standing at their borders, described them as a, a, 
as a forest of tall trees. And how God was going to call the Assyrians into Israel. And what the Assyrians and later the Babylonians were going to do was punish God's people for their rebellion, for their apathy, for their arrogance, for their pride, for their utter disdain at times for God's word. And as a child of God, as a believer, hearing those words, maybe it were words that you heard and will say, well, yeah, I could, can understand that, but words that you know were going to directly affect you. And so interspersed throughout his, his work, Isaiah also, God also had Isaiah tell the people that while he was calling, say, the Assyrians in to punish his people, that forest of tall trees that the, that the, Egyptian, or the Israelites pictured the Assyrians as were, were going to be cut down. In fact, in, in, chapter, in chapter 10 of Isaiah, that's exactly what God describes. How while God is calling the Assyrians in to punish the Israelites, because they are harming God's people, he was also going to punish the Assyrians. And that forest of tall trees he describes was a forest of tall trees that were going to be cut down. And so you can imagine a clear-cut forest, right? Nothing but stumps. That's what God was going to do to the Assyrians. Because they too ridiculed God, wanted nothing to do with the worship of the true God, and so God was going to punish them as well. And what the Israelites were going to be left with was a stump. You've probably seen pictures, right, of a, of a section of forest that's been clear-cut. What's left? Stumps. Right, then unless someone comes and plants new trees, it's going to be a long time before there's anything but the field of stumps. Because stumps don't produce trees anymore. And part of the punishment that God had declared for his people was he was going to take that big family tree of David that, had, that God had promised the descendant of which was going to sit on the throne in Israel. God was going to come and punish Israel and punish David's family, the rulers of Israel, because they had led the people away to the point where all that was left of David's family was a stump. You can imagine perhaps some of the horror that believers in Israel would feel at that because God had promised it was going to be through David and his family that the Savior was going to come. And so for Isaiah, for God through Isaiah to suddenly say, what's going to be left of David's family is a stump, don't forget about that promise, Lord. And so in the beginning of chapter 11, Isaiah tells the people, while what's left of Jesse's family tree, Jesse was David's father, is a stump. From that stump, a branch is going to grow. And now in chapter 11, he talks all about that branch that comes from Jesse's stump. And what Isaiah is doing is 
is giving the Israelites a picture of the one who is going to come from David's family. And even though most of David's family was wiped out, God was going to keep his promise and send the Messiah, one who was going to save his people. Right? And listen to how Isaiah describes him. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. This ruler who was going to come from David's family was going to be one who ruled with the spirit of the Lord. Right Then that spirit of the Lord, Isaiah says, was going to, to give him and bless him with certain things to help him with his rule. Right? He says he will rule with wisdom and understanding. Right? As a, as a ruler, you want that, that person who is over in charge of over in charge of everything to have insight and, and wisdom in how he serves and knowing what the people need. And, and that's what the Spirit of the Lord says, right? This Messiah who's going to come, who's going to rule over all things from David's family, is going to one to be one who has insight. And, and the Spirit of the Lord is going to give him so he knows what his people, his people need. It says he will have a spirit of counsel and of power. Right? Not only knows what his people need, but ready to offer and, and share with them advice and have the power to back up what that, that advice is. Right? He's going to have a spirit of counsel or uh, of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Right? He's going to be intimately acquainted with the Lord and know what the Lord desires. And you see that then as a picture of the, the Savior who's come, who, who was given the Spirit of the Lord to rule over all things. And he comes to us with wisdom, and he knows what we need. Right? He, he, he knows our, our greatest need as far as sin. And he comes to us in his word and he offers advice and he tells us, as children of God, this is how I want you to live. And he gives us power so that we can do that. And he comes because he is intimately acquainted with the Lord and wants us to be the same way. He says he'll come and he'll judge with righteousness. His justice will be perfect. Things that that a child of God longs for. And at the same time, perhaps a thing that causes you and I to hesitate a moment. Because a ruler who comes and rules with righteousness, who has a spirit of wisdom and counsel, sees us for who we really are. Right? He's able to, to see well, he's able to see the for what they are. Sinners. And to hear that that ruler is going to come and judge and, and his justice will be perfect, my conscience tells me what my sins deserve. 
right? It's why my conscience whispers in my ear and, and reminds me of my guilt because what it does is it's telling me what you deserve is not what God is giving you. Right? It can bring up any number of, of, of past sins, any number of, of, of instances of, of guilt over things that I've done or things that I've said or even things that have just existed and lived in my mind. It says, what you deserve because of what you've done is separation from God. Why should God love you of all people? Why should God send his own son to live and die for you? Look at what you've done. God's justice should cry out to, or or should say to me that what I deserve is rightly what God's justice says, that I, I deserve to be punished. I deserve to be the one that's cut off from God and his family. I should be the one that is left as a stump along with every other sinner. And yet what God promises me, as he promised to the Israelites through Isaiah, is is hope. Right? Even though God's people had spent lifetimes rebelling against God, showing apathy towards their relationship with him, even though what they had done was, was arrogant and prideful and thinking, well, I can just offer my sacrifices to God and God's going to be happy simply because I'm doing what he told me to do, even though my heart is far from him. That while God was punishing them, At the same time, he offers them hope and says, what I'm going to send is the thing that I've promised. And what he offers you and me is the same hope. I've sent one to save you. To save you from guilt, to save you from your sin. One who is going to come and rule with righteousness and justice, who's going to share with you his plan of salvation. One who's going to to share and and tell you exactly what he came to do. How he came to live in your place and how he came to die in your place as well. How with his perfect life, he gives you the righteousness that God demands. With his death on the cross, he takes away your sin and, and takes the punishment your sins deserve. Right? A, a savior who, who came... And gives us hope. And the result of that is what Isaiah describes next, right? That 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 Messiah who's going to come and rule over all things, and rule over all things for our good, now establishes a kingdom that doesn't make any sense to us. Right? Listen to how he describes it. The wolf will lie with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together... A little child will lead them. A cow will feed with, their ba- with a bear. Their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of a cobra. The young child put his hand into the viper's nest. You look at that and go, that's not at all what I experience in this world. Right? What I experience in this world as a child of God is a world of hostility. Right? Where, where not only animals are at each other's throats, but people are at each other's throats. And what God describes is as a result of his rule, things are renewed. Things things are different, aren't they? 
Those things that don't seem to go together, a child and a cobra, a lion and, an, and a cow, right? Things that don't go together suddenly are now living at peace with each other. I suppose you could start to say things that don't go together, you and I, as sinners in God's presence. Sinners getting along with one another because they've been made perfect by Christ. Sinners ready to forgive because they understand the forgiveness God has given to them. Sinners living, even though they live in a hostile world, sinners who strive to live at peace with others and have a joy in their heart because of what their Savior has done for them. Sinners who, who look with eager anticipation for their Savior to return and establish that kingdom that he describes that doesn't make any sense to us here on earth. A kingdom of peace and joy. A kingdom where everything works like it should. That's that picture that God holds out for us, isn't it? That he says, because you have a, a Savior who came and who rules over all things, a Savior who came and suffered and lived and, and died and rose for you, what you have now hold, being held before your eyes is a picture of what is yours. A picture where there isn't any more death, where things just work. A, a picture that we look forward to. From the stump of Jesse, a branch. At the same time, proclaiming God's law to his people and holding out for them a bit of hope. Hope that, that you and I, as children of God, cling to because it's a promise of something new. Where God takes a, a sinful person like you and I like you and me, and, and cleanses us from our sin and makes us new. A Savior who promises that one day he's going to take people who are made new in him to a place that's going to be renewed. Where things aren't going to make sense because everything's going to work as it should. We are going to be at peace with one another and, peace, and at peace with God. And it's coming soon. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our hearts and our understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.